0: Greetings Northlings, and welcome to Haunted Up North. Thanks for coming back to my Paranormal Podcast, delivered to you from the heart of Northern Britain, and dedicated to the telling of real-life, spooky experiences from that part of the country, and sometimes beyond. Prepare to have your goosebumps raised, and your imaginations ignited, as we journey to that ethereal realm where the veil between the living and the departed is often said to be thin. I hope you find yourselves scintillated, scared, and hopefully entertained by the spectral tales you're about to hear today. And if you're not, I'm afraid I shan't be able to offer you a refund because money's just an abstract concept, man. Plus it's free. It's a free podcast. However, if you would like to donate to the show, head on over to our coffee page. That's www.coffee/hauntednorth.com. The link is in the show notes, down there, where you can make a donation of your choice and receive a shout-out on the show, or you can subscribe to our £3 a month early riser tier, which grants you early access to upcoming episodes and, of course, a shout-out on the show. Speaking of shout-outs, I'd like to raise a spectral toast to a most generous soul who has graced the Haunted Up North coffee page with some much appreciated support. Paper Botherer That's their coffee supporter name and the name of their Instagram handle, Paper Botherer. Paper Botherer is an origami wizard who makes amazing origami creations, which you can go and have a look at on their Instagram page. Their page is a fantasia of folded magic, so I would recommend giving it a visit. All their creations are worth peeking your beady eyes at in awe and wonderment. So if you're looking for a dose of cool, creative origami artwork, look no further than paperbotherer on Instagram and give them a comment or two about how great they are. Thank you, Origami Nick, for your invaluable support and positivity. It means a lot and I'm really grateful you took the time to be kind to me and the show. In this episode, we're setting a virtual foot inside the cobweb corners of Glasgow, Scotland's most populous city. A settlement steeped in history and legend, where a bone-chilling haunt with three particularly scary tales lies in wait for us today, located near the village of Gartkosh, North Lanarkshire, a few miles east of Glasgow City. In the year 1889, the city of Glasgow cast its gaze upon a sprawling estate, bestowing upon it the name of Gartlock, and dedicating it to a haunting purpose, the construction of a city asylum. In November 1892, the inaugural stone for the hospital, crafted under the expertise of Thomson and Sandylands, was ceremonially laid, and by the year 1896, the doors of the Gartlock District Asylum creaked open, ushering in the very first souls destined to be enveloped in its chilling embrace. In June 1900, the construction of a nurse's home reached completion, and a tuberculosis sanatorium was unveiled in December 1902, and though originally dedicated to psychiatric care, the hospital's purpose dramatically shifted during World War II. Facing the surging need for wartime medical attention, patients were relocated to make way for an emergency centre, and temporary huts sprouted across the grounds, expanding its capacity as a vital wartime medical hub. 1948 marked the hospital's transformation into a key mental health facility under the newly established NHS. It served in this capacity until 1996, when the ripple effects of care in the community's introduction in the early 1980s unfortunately led to its decline and eventual closure. While adjacent structures found new life as new homes, or were raised to the ground to facilitate the creation of Gartlock Village, the Category A-listed administration building on Gartlot Road remains a now derelict and skeletal monument to the site's forgotten history. The hospital's extensive history, especially during its tenure as a psychiatric institution, has given rise to numerous rumours and tales that the building was, and is, haunted by the lingering souls of those who once inhabited and worked within its walls. According to Dr. Peter McHugh of Spooky Isles, the UK's leading independent horror and paranormal magazine, two former employees of Gartlock Hospital recounted to him their unsettling experiences with the paranormal during their time working at the facility. The first witness, whom he names fictitiously as Susan, worked as a nurse at Gartlock Hospital and was regularly subjected to a range of frightening phenomena she couldn't logically explain. In the hushed stillness of Ward 1 night duty, She would often detect the metallic click of a lock being turned, followed by the sound of measured and unseen feet climbing the stairs. When the footsteps reached the top of the staircase, where a carpet had been fitted, they would abruptly cease, leaving only a prickling sense of unease in their wake. When she ascended the staircase herself, an icy grip would clamp down as if from nowhere, and she would be plunged into a freezing pocket of air, squeezed every inch of warmth from her skin. In the month of June in 1984, during the early morning hours, Susan and another nurse found themselves patiently awaiting the arrival of a colleague at the hospital. As the clock ticked away, the distinctive sounds of a lock being manipulated, and footsteps echoing on the staircase reached their ears. Assuming it was the long-awaited colleague, they anticipated that a familiar face would ascend the stairs. However, when Susan ventured to the top of the staircase to extend a greeting, she was met with surprise as an unfamiliar woman, dressed in a grey tweed jacket, skirt, and high-neck white blouse appeared before her. The mysterious woman, seemingly in her late fifties or early sixties, had her hair pulled back and exuded an air of enigma. Upon Susan's attempt to engage her in conversation, the woman merely surveyed her with a smile and a bemused expression then proceeded to walk past her without uttering a word. Puzzled by the encounter, Susan turned around to witness an even more bewildering sight. The mysterious woman, having halted her progress, once again scrutinised Susan from head to toe. To Susan's amazement, the woman then defied the laws of gravity, levitated at an angle above the floor before melting through the closed door of a nearby side room leaving Susan in a state of astonishment and disbelief. When Susan shared this account with her on-duty colleague, the response she received was one of equal amazement. Surprisingly, the nurse she confided in revealed that this particular narrative had been recounted to her on numerous occasions by various individuals. Years later, Susan learned that a student nurse working on Ward 1 had experienced the same apparition that she herself had encountered. Moreover, reports surfaced that patients placed inside the very room where the spectral figure had vanished often exhibited signs of distress, adamantly asserting the unsettling presence of someone unseen in the room with them. In this side room, a locked door stood, which concealed the entrance to a passageway believed to extend into another section of the hospital, In a curious turn of events, when Susan was presented with a photograph of a matron who'd once occupied that very same room, she bore an uncanny resemblance to the apparition that Susan had seen. Approximately a year after her initial sighting, on a chilly winter's day, around 2 or 3 in the morning, Susan found herself working in a different section of the hospital. As she made her way towards Ward 26, The unexpected but distinct sound of two women engaged (laughs) in conversation abruptly reached her ears. Casting a glance towards the source of the sound, Susan observed the spectral figures of two women engaged in animated conversation. These apparitions, seemingly in their thirties or forties, were clad in outdated navy blue nursing uniforms adorned with long white hats. Oblivious to Susan's presence, they continued talking, As though completely unaware of her. Reacting swiftly, Susan chose not to linger and hastily retraced her steps, abandoning the path she had initially taken, opting for an entirely different route to her intended destination of Ward 26. In addition to bearing witness to the presence of spectral nurses, Susan was frequently unsettled by another otherworldly occurrence during her tenure at Gartlock Hospital. During the late hours of the night, typically around ten or eleven o'clock, and particularly during the winter months, she would often hear the haunting melody of children singing outside the nurse's home. This eerie chorus seemed to emanate from the vicinity of a nearby patch of woodland, casting a fearful ambience over the quiet hospital grounds and becoming yet another piece in the puzzle of Gartlock's paranormal tapestry. Dr. McHugh's second eyewitness, who may identifies as Carol, served as a nursing assistant on Ward 1 at Gartlock Hospital and encountered unexplainable disturbances similar to those experienced by Susan in the side room of Ward 1. This particular side room housed a solitary bed and served a specific purpose for patients requiring special medical attention. Designed with security in mind, the room featured a locking mechanism that could be engaged in the event of a patient becoming violent. Additionally, the door was equipped with a transparent panel, allowing observation from the outside, ensuring the safety of both the patient and medical staff. During the late 1980s, Carol and two fellow nurses were working an overnight shift, the three of them taking it in turns to observe the patient who occupied the side room at that time. On two or three occasions, while Carol was overseeing her shift, She discerned the distinct sound of footsteps echoing in the corridor outside the room. Intrigued, she ventured out to investigate the source of the sound, only to discover an empty corridor with no sign of anyone present. As Carol's shift neared its conclusion, she and a fellow nurse were approaching the locked door of the side room, when Carol caught sight of the ghostly figure of a woman approximately 70 years old. The apparition was adorned in a long, antiquated nurse's dress and wearing a frilly hat. The figure sidestepped out of the locked door, wagging a seemingly admonishing finger at Carol before gracefully stepping back inside. Strikingly, Carol was the sole witness to this apparition, and the experience had a profound impact on her. Overwhelmed by what she'd seen, Carol's emotional response was immediate. She hastily ascended the stairs, succumbing to tears, and the aftermath left her sleepless for nearly a week. The gravity of the encounter lingered, casting a shadow over her subsequent nights, and the vivid memory of the apparition has forever continued to haunt her thoughts. Our third story, relating to the Ghosts of Gartlock Hospital, comes from a 2008 article by Innes Smith found on the Scottish Society for Psychical Research website from a lady named Alice McGraw who worked as a student nurse at Gartlock between the years of 1976 and 1977. Her narrative focuses on not Ward 1, not Ward 26, but Ward 10, which was next to the TV room. According to Mrs McGraw, In her own words, that ward never got a quiet night, and there was one room in particular, a room staff called the locker room, that no one would dare enter by themselves. At the top of Ward 10 sat a solitary seat beneath an overhead lamp designed for the night duty nurses. One evening in late autumn, the ward was plunged into darkness as the primary light malfunctioned due to strong winds, meaning Mrs McGraw began her shift navigating the otherwise bustling ward in the eerie glow of the lone night lamp. Strangely, the typically restless atmosphere seemed unusually subdued, with none of the patients stirring or even making a sound. In the midst of the stillness, a sudden gust of wind blew a window open, prompting Mrs. McGraw to rush towards it in an effort to close it and draw the curtains. It was during this moment that an intangible presence enveloped her, causing every hair on the back of her neck to stand on end. A palpable sense of fear gripped her as she hesitated to turn around, an overwhelming terror amplifying the uncertainty of whatever unseen force lingered behind her. It was at this point that a stack of forty-fives positioned beside an old record player catapulted out of the rack hurtling towards Mrs. McGraw's arm with significant force. Reacting swiftly she somehow managed to activate the emergency lights, signalling for assistance when the on-duty nurses promptly rushed to her aid. The next morning, the sister in charge approached Mrs McGraw and confided that she too had undergone an experience similar to Alice's encounter, and even disclosed having witnessed a ghostly figure traversing Ward 10 during the hours of the night. lorks some mercy as Lord Grantham might say. Scary stories indeed. It's strange how most of the phantoms witnessed at Gartlock Hospital appear to be ex-staff rather than emotionally tortured patients. It reminds me of the story that my friend Fiona sent in a couple of episodes ago about airport ghosts and how the phantoms or apparitions that seem to appear to people there are presumed to be ex-employees who enjoyed their job so much (laughs) they didn't want to leave. I'm sure there are lots of stories I haven't uncovered here in this episode about experiences within Gartlock Hospital. So if anyone listening does have some further tales to recount of spooky Gartlock Hospital ghosts, do send your stories in to me at hauntedupnorth at gmail.com for a chance to hear them read out on the show. There are some amazing photos online of the inside of Gartlock Hospital, in particular those of the main hall within the central building that's now sadly derelict. And there are videos you can watch online that'll take you on a tour of the area, inside and out, if you want to take a look. It looked pretty impressive in its heyday, in an imposing Victorian psychiatric hospital kind of way which I know a lot of listeners are into, as am I, despite the murky history of these places, of which there are many dotted about in the UK, so I'm sure we'll revisit this subject again soon. Interestingly, Gartlock Hospital was the backdrop for 1993's six-part BBC Scotland TV series Taken Over the Asylum, starring a very boyish-looking David Tennant, about a double-glazing salesman who sets up a hospital radio station at the fictional St Jude's Psychiatric Hospital. If anyone knows where I can watch this, please let me know. And in the meantime, thanks for listening. Remember, if you'd like to donate to the show, please visit our coffee page, the link is in the show notes, and if you enjoyed this episode and have something nice to say about it, please leave us a kind review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for letting me inject a bit of Glasgow soul into your day. I really hope you found these ghosts to be good ones, and that you were suitably entertained by them. Long live Gartlock Hospital and all who haunt her. And until next time we meet, Goodbye! Lock a mercy